Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. And now, from beyond our dimension, this is the Jeff Mara Podcast. Here's Jeff. My guest is Amanda Hainline, who went from a suburban mom to a full-blown psychic in 30 seconds. Today, we're going to talk about her spiritual transformation, her energy healing techniques, and more. Amanda, thank you so much for giving us some time today, and welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. All right, Amanda, can you please take us through your spiritual transformation and how it happened? Absolutely. So when I was 30 years old, I was, uh, like I said, like you said, you know, a suburban mom of two uh, in a marriage that was really tough. You know, I just felt like I was I was doing Groundhog Day over and over again. I was really depressed and couldn't shake that apathy. I just I just had no zest for life whatsoever. And a friend recommended that I go to an energy healer. And I didn't know what that was, you know, really wasn't part of my upbringing or background, but I thought I'll try anything at this point. I didn't want to do medications because uh, I've watched other people in my life struggle with that. And I just, I knew it wasn't for me. So I went to an energy healer and after the first session, I felt considerably better. I was smiling for the first time and I don't know how long I felt lighter and happier. And I thought, well, if one session's good, two must be better. Right. (laughs) And so when I went back for the second session and I laid down on the massage table, um, I was doing body talk. That was a modality uh, that all this occurred in. And uh, the woman looked at me and said, "Um, all of your chakras want to open at once. And I said, well, what's a chakra? (laughs) Because I had, I had no idea. I hadn't been around that. I'd heard the term, but I I didn't know what it was. And she said, well, those are just, you know, energy centers that run down the middle of your body. And I said, well, sure, you know, whatever, that's fine. And she started tapping on my head and my heart. And I'm laying there in this office at seven o'clock at night, super quiet, and there's nothing there. It's just me and her. And suddenly I feel this wave of terror wash over me. Like I've never experienced before in my life. And I started hyperventilating. And then I started screaming just at the top of my lungs, bloody murder screaming. And I felt, uh, the terror increase and I felt this energy rising up in my body. And I felt like I was being electrocuted. It was like my whole body was stiff. I had no control over my muscles. My back was arched to the point of extreme pain, my neck, everything. And my temperature shot up and it felt like it lasted forever. I'm guessing it was about 30 seconds. And then I just collapsed on the table. And, um, I asked her, I said, what happened? You know, I, I don't understand what just happened. She goes, well, all of your chakras open. I'm like, that tells me absolutely nothing. And I felt like I've been hit over the head really hard. I was very disoriented. And she said, well, just go outside and walk around in the grass, take your shoes off, walk around and then go home and go to bed. And I said, well, okay. So I did that, um, as instructed and I thought, well, I'll just sleep this off and I'll feel fine in the morning. And when I woke up in the morning, I did not feel fine. I was crying. I was weepy. I felt extremely heavy. 
And so I got my kids to school. I came home. I went to bed. I set an alarm to get up when they went, uh, when I had to go get them. And so as I was walking to the school, um, to get them, I started feeling extreme anxiety. I could feel all of these, uh, what I know now was all the emotions of the people around me. I was hearing things like, uh, that weren't being said audibly outside of myself, but I could hear them internally. And it was these thoughts of other people around me and the emotions of other people around me I could feel. And then I was also hearing all the audible sounds and, and feelings that come with, you know, walking up to a school when all these kids are running out and, I was completely overwhelmed and hit so hard. And I thought, what is going on? And I just walked in the school and backed against the wall. And I was like, I don't, I don't know what's wrong, but something is very, very wrong. And I grabbed my kids and, and went home and I was shaking. And I just thought, I don't know what, what this is, but it needs to get fixed because I can't function. I mean, it was just fixing dinner. I was shaking. It was just, it was really awful. And so I went back the next day and I said, you guys have to fix this. I don't know what you did but fix it because I can't function. And so the woman called her mentor. She had just started doing this uh, particular modality. I think I was her second client and this happened. And so she called the woman that was her mentor and said, uh, the woman said, well, her chakras are going to balance and close and then she'll go back to normal. And they gave me some homeopathic uh, emotional drops and sent me on my way and things didn't go back to normal. Um, I started hearing voices on a regular basis. I started seeing things. I was having horrific nightmares. Things were attacking me in my sleep. I would wake up with sensations of being choked. And I, one night I had this black thing swimming out of my chest. Um, and in addition to that, I had all of these traumas from my childhood starting to come up and, and they were becoming these PTSD episodes that I couldn't control. They would get triggered by the smallest thing. And then I would have this barrage of just, you know, altered reality um, in front of me that I was reliving pets that had died um, when my mother got angry with me and screamed at me when I was four, you know, that kind of stuff. And, and all this emotion was coming up that I couldn't control along with all of these kind of supernatural things that were happening in my reality as well. So my world was becoming um, shattered. And, and it was, even though everything was the same around me, my internal world and how I was experiencing the external world was very, very different. And so it was, it was extremely difficult to function. And we were in the middle of a uh, house remodel, like we're remodeling the whole house as well. So I wasn't being expected to do, you know, 3d earth things in the middle of this experience I was having. And it was, um, it was very troublesome. I kept going to healers because I didn't know what else to do. Uh, I knew that I didn't want to go down a psychiatric track, but I was doing research, trying to figure out what had happened to me, what to do about it. You know, is this normal? You know, uh, and even a lot of the healers had no answers for me as to what I was experiencing because it was outside of the scope of anything they had seen. So, um, this went on for about six months and I really worked on getting my energy system in a better place, um, getting to where I could be out in public again and function because I, it was like, I had no energetic immune system. So if I went to the grocery store, I would pick up everybody's energy, uh, good or bad, you know, um, 
high vibe or low vibe. And I would have to come home and purge all of that negative low vibration energy um, because I was carrying quite a bit from not releasing all this trauma over my lifetime. So the low vibrational energies that were out there could get to me easier. Um, so the more I purged, the better that got. And about six months into it, I said, okay, you know, in my mind, it's kind of like when you decide that everything's okay, then something else happens. <laughs> and uh, so I was, uh, I, I never forget, I was getting laundry out of my um, dryer and I thought, oh, I've kind of got this down. I, I can function. I know how to clear energy now. I've kind of got this, got this going on. And I walked in the living room, sat down the basket and I felt something behind me. And I thought, what, what is that? It was just this energy, very strong behind me, not negative, but, but strong. And I turned around and there were these three giant angels standing in front of my kitchen Island. And they were probably about seven, seven to nine feet tall. And one of them stepped forward and said, we're going to teach you how to heal people. And I just started laughing. I was like, you're crazy. My life is a disaster. <laughs> no way. I do not need to help anyone. I can't even help myself. And they said, no, no, we're going to teach you how to heal people. Don't go get training anywhere. And so we had this argument. I said, no one's going to believe me. You know, no one's going to believe Angel showed up and told me, you know, that they taught me how to heal people and that we had this argument. And so I thought, well, I'm just going to go look for training because, you know, that's what earth people do. They don't listen, right? We were stubborn. And I couldn't find any. I couldn't find any that fit my budget. I couldn't find any that fit my location. And so I just said, fine, you guys train me, you know, and looking back, I think, well, they're, they're the ultimate trainers. Right. But at the time I thought, well, no, one's going to believe this. And so I let them start training me and how to work with energy. And they taught me step-by-step how to bring energy in, how to funnel it through my hands, working with color, um, just all of the, all the real basics of energy healing. And then people started to show up in my life that needed help. And I started working with clients and that was about 15 years ago that that happened. Wow. That was an amazing transformation. Yes. I haven't heard body talk in a long time and I forgot even what that is. It's been so long. Can you give us any more about what body talk is? Of course, a little bit. It's been a while since I've had it as well, um, but it's a modality where they go through uh, like a matrix or a process um, in asking yes and no questions. And then there's, it's kind of like this I would say for lack of a better term, a diagnostic tree that they go through. And I don't know all of the different aspects because I didn't go to body talk training, but what happens is you lay down on a massage table and the person starts muscle testing you by flicking your wrist. And as they're doing that, they're asking yes and no questions. They're asking, you know, they ask for permission first, energy, your energy system. And then when a set of issues come up that need to be cleared, they start top, tapping on your, on top of your head and on your heart center. And that clears the energy. And then they go through another set of that. And a session lasts, I would say 30 to 45 minutes, just depending on how much your energy system can take at the time. You know, sometimes it's 15 minutes. It just depends on, on what can be cleared at that time. Um, and that's the basics of it. It's, it's a pretty seemingly simple modality, but I do know there's a lot of different levels to it. So basically you lay down, she determined that your problem was your chakras were closed and that's what you needed at the time. And Correct. Then that was it. She started tapping and maybe thinking, okay, let's open her chakras and boom, 
this explosion yeah. happened. Um, were you thinking anything at the time or were you just laying there react, you know, relaxing and just hanging out? And then all of a sudden this waves of terror and energy just took over your body. Yes, that's what it was. I had no expectation or thought of really even what a shocker was. I was raised um, Southern Baptist, so a very different track than um, anything um, Eastern religion, Eastern medicine, you know, Eastern philosophies. That was all very Mm woo-woo in my mind. I was very scientifically based in my mindset. You know, I had an interest uh, for paranormal. I actually had um, experiences when I was younger, where I had precognitive dreams. And, um, one of them, when I was 13 was very traumatic. And after that, I actually asked God, I said, can you please take this? I it's a curse. I don't know what this is, but I don't want it anymore. And people are getting hurt and I can't do anything about it. Um, and, and it was, it was, it was very, very difficult. And so I just asked for it to go away because I thought I, this is not helpful. <laughs> it's not helping me or anyone else. It's just, it's just traumatic. And, um, so when, whenever that experience happened, it was kind of like I stored up all of this, all of these experiences over time. And then it was just a fire hose to be let loose. So it, w- it was very, um, very unexpected. Yeah, it seems like that not only were you releasing all this energy, but all these old memories of trauma and emotional things popped up too. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that that was if it had just been one or the other, I think it would have been more manageable. But it was there were some days that I thought I'm going to have to be committed somewhere. I can't deal with my life. It was really, really hard. How did your family and friends react to what you were going through? Well, my husband at the time, actually looking back, he was, he was very uh, tolerant, I guess, and, and kind of understanding, um, considering kind of where his belief system was and all of that. He was really caring and and was trying to help me um, through the experience. My children actually started having uh, some experiences too, as an adjunct to what I was do- going through, because when you're, when you have a spiritual experience or an energetic experience, it, you know, by proxy affects other people around you. It just can't help. But uh, my younger son uh, started to open up as well. And so I was dealing with that on top of everything else um, is he was having experience. He's like, mommy, there's something in my room. Mommy, I saw these eyes under my bed. I heard growling, you know, he, and he was, I think, he was about three at the time. So he, he was really starting to open up. So I was having to reassure him when I knew nothing about what was going on. Um, the rest of my family, I really didn't tell them a whole lot as far as, um, because their belief system was so different. And I just thought, well, they're not going to understand anyway. And so I just kind of kept it to myself. Um, My friend that referred me to the energy healer, she was going through an awakening kind of at the same time. Hers was triggered by a car accident. And so very different tracks in some ways. She couldn't see anything or hear anything, but she could feel it. And so she was having the experience of just feeling these energies where I was seeing, hearing, and feeling them. And so we kind of went through this track together, which was really a big support for me because no one else really knew what was going on other than the healers to some extent. So it appears that you got this new ability of being like a super empath. Did you get any other new abilities? Uh, 
Yes, I um, can do hands-on healing as well. And that's when the angels came to me and told me, you know, you're, you're going to heal people. And uh, I told them they were crazy. (laughs) Um, They, um, you know, they started opening up my channels to do healing work. And then um, mediumship came to me as well, dealing with people that are stuck here that can't cross over and people that have already crossed over to the other side. So I started doing, um, that kind of work. I, I don't do that heavily, but a lot of times it just comes with doing a session with someone like a grandparent will want to talk to them or, you know, they're wanting to contact someone. That kind of thing is usually worked into a healing session. At the beginning, it seems like being an empath was almost a curse than a gift. Would you say that about your other abilities too? Somewhat. It depends on what you're talking about. Um, there were there were definitely times, especially when I was learning discernment, that it was a concern because um, one specific time, it, I had this energy that had been talking to me for two or three days. And I came to realize after that time that it was a dark energy and not a light energy. And so what I did was just understanding I got the discernment of what those felt like, what the difference was in the feeling versus what they were saying to me and um, what I was seeing because anything can mask itself, but energetically you really can tell if you, if you get to where you're highly attuned to understanding what it feels like to experience different energies. I would like to know a little bit more about the angels when you first saw them, what were you thinking and feeling? Were you like freaking out or, or what? No, I actually wasn't. My first thought was when I saw, I go, oh gosh, what now? You know, <laughs> which seems like an odd, odd response. But I had had so many experiences before that. Um, a lot of them in the dream state, but I can usually see things in my mind's eye. The angels were mainly in my mind's eye, but I, the energy that I could feel from them was very, very strong. Um, so I, when I saw them, I thought, oh gosh, you know, cause I, I grew up, um, like I said, Southern Baptist. So I, um, I remembered stories from the Bible of angels coming to people and saying, Hey, you're going to do this now. And they're like, no, 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 no. I I've got other things going on. I no, that's not my track. And so that kind of went through my mind as well going, okay, well maybe this is something, but also, thinking, I don't really want to deal with this. You know, I I don't want to deal with this right now. I've got too much going on (laughs) to fit this into my life. But, you know, when, when the angels are ready to, um, to give you something to do, you know, it's kind of, it's on your plate, whether you want it or not. So you mentioned earlier that they were really tall. Can you give us any other physical description of what they look like? Yeah. Um, they all had kind of, it was, you know, they were all kind of glowing white, very, very large wings. And one of them, um, the wings were really folded back. The other two, the wings were more forward, not really opened, but kind of, you know, very large. You could see, you know, the haunches on their back. And um, they uh, had, it looked like white robes on and um, their hair was, you know, shoulder length, maybe a little bit longer, very handsome or 
pretty, you know, it was kind of, you know, angels can be one or the other. So that wasn't extremely clear, but, um, they were, they were very imposing. I mean, that's the biggest thing that I remember about them is just the size, Mm -hmm. you know, that they came to me at, you know, if they had come to me as like two foot tall angels, I probably wouldn't have, it's not as big of an impact. (laughs) So, you know, they're like, what size do we have to be to get her to pay attention? Um, so yeah, it was, it was interesting. It's pretty common. If not every time someone has told me they've encountered an angel, they're tall like that. Yeah. Were they kind of a translucent, like energy light being, or were they more physical like we are? Right. They were more the translucent energy light being. It was more like that. Like you, almost like you see in the movies, you know, where they're, they're glowing kind of, and you can kind of see through them a little bit. That's more what it was like. Um, what I've come to experience with different um, entities and energies when I am communicated with is that they will communicate with you in the form that makes sense to you. So I've been in the same room with um, two or three other people that can see and sense energy. And I will say, oh, it looks like this to me. And they'll say, oh, I see it too. It looks like this. You know, it'll be a different color or the person will be a different shape. They'll have a different hair color. It's really interesting how um, the mind in, in energy, how other realms interpret the energy for us so that we can have the understanding we need to, to communicate whatever it is they're trying to get us to communicate. Did they happen to identify themselves? Like, was one of them an archangel or anything? Yeah, one of them, Michael and Gabriel. Um, and then the other one, I don't know, didn't really say a whole lot. Um, as I started going through the experience of them teaching me different things, uh, I actually had a set of spirit guides that came in Mm -hmm. and I've had several different sets of spirit guides for different things. It's kind of like, as you're going through school, you know, your kindergarten teacher doesn't teach you uh, algebra in high school. You know, it's, it's a very different process whenever you get a little bit further along, but I definitely had an initiation group, um, orientation group of guides that came in and helped me kind of learn the ropes and taught me very specific things. And then when I kind of graduated to the next stage, um, I got different guides. And then some of those guides have come back at different points as I learned more things, or if something is going on in my life, I'll get a certain guide to come in and I'll say, Oh, it's you again, you know? (laughs) And they'll say, yeah, I'm back. You know, I also do this, you know, I'm like, Oh, okay. So they'll take me through whatever other steps that I need to go through. So it's really interesting how that's worked for me. Were all your energy healing techniques given to you or did you develop any of your own as well? I think it's kind of not a cut and dried uh, answer because A lot of times I would just be in an energy session, excuse me, and I would see what needed to be done. And I would say, okay, well, I'm, I'm going to do X, Y, Z. And sometimes I would have my guides come in. If, if I was confused, I would say, I don't know what to do here. You know, I would be seeing a certain set of energy or a certain issue that this person had. And my guides would actually have to walk me through something if I hadn't learned it yet. So in the in the book that I wrote, uh, a lot of the processes are, are ones that just, uh, kind of came to me over time, you know, how to release energy in different ways. 
And a lot of those came from whatever the person needed. You know, someone may be more adept to working with color in their mind. Somebody else may more be more adept to working with breathing. And so that's kind of where all of the different types of techniques came from. So obviously during your awakening, you had a lot of old emotions or old traumas come up. In your book, also, there's a lot about healing people with emotional problems. Can you tell us more about that? So the book centers around emotions uh, for a reason. The reason that I centered it around emotions is that's where most people start to notice something's off. You know, energetically, people don't walk around saying, oh, my aura is heavy. Oh, you know, I need to clear this trauma to feel better. They don't think about that kind of thing because we're, we're kind of in these three layers, you know, the mind, body, spirit. And we talk about that a lot just in our culture these days, whether that's in a yoga class or on your shampoo bottle or whatever it is. So the book is centered around emotions because it's relatable to people. And I wanted to take the emotional states that people experience and can connect with and understand that, that they're having, whether that's anxiety or depression or anger or whatever it is they're carrying around and say, okay, let's look at this in a different way rather than just psychological. Let's look at this from an energetic perspective because really energy is the root of everything. So this book is really meant to be kind of a toe dip into the energy world and let people start understanding that emotions really do start out in energy. And then it goes to emotional states and eventually transmits to a physical state. Once it gets to a physical state, that's kind of all anyone can focus on because then it's something that's really affecting your life in a very heavy way a lot of times. So the thought process of it starting with energy is like, Hey, if you go back to that root, even though you're having a physical experience or an emotional experience and you're, you're having to take medication or you're really struggling with certain things. If you go back and start releasing the, the energy that caused that to begin with the experience that caused that to begin with, all of these other things will start to fall off and you'll start to feel better. So that's what the book is centered around is really going back to the energetic root of everything and then teaching people that emotions are related together and traumas are related together. It's really this web. It's not like you had one experience and then everything else is um, just kind of as a result of that. It's, it's all these different layers of emotions and belief systems that we develop and all of that as a result of the energetic makeup that's connecting everything together. So if you can go back and start working and releasing that energy around that trauma and that belief system, then everything else is much, much easier to work with. Do you believe that emotions are who we are? I don't actually, I believe that they're separate from us and it's really easy to start believing that an emotional state is actually a personality. I've run across so many people that say, well, I'm just, I'm just a basket case. You know, I, I just have anxiety. That's just who I am, you know, kind of thing. They just start to accept that as part of their personality rather than understanding that the emotional state is separate from who they are. So when I'm working with people, that's one of the big things that I say is, you know, I said, do you walk into a room and say, you know, a room that's full of junk and say, this room is broken. There's something wrong with the room. 
No, you look around, you say this room is full of stuff and it needs to be cleaned out and maybe decorated differently, you know, kind of thing. And so I say, you're, you're no different than a messy room. You know, you just have to clear out all the old junk so that you can start resetting yourself and really seeing who you are as a person. So teaching people to hold emotions separate from who they are, it's something you're experiencing. It's not who you are as a person. So how does a person know that they're struggling with emotions? Well, most people have some idea that they're that they're struggling with emotions. Um, people that have heavily taken on the emotion as their personality, it's a little bit tougher for them, especially if they have an energetic structure of a very hard shell. People that are very strong-willed and kind of out in your face, kind of they struggle more with the relationship between emotional states and their personality and understanding that those are separate. Um, I've found that those people have a harder time. People that have a higher amount of awareness usually have weaker boundaries energetically on the outside. They tend to get taken advantage of a lot, but they're more introspective. They have a very strong internal scaffolding. It's just their outer boundaries are very weak. And so those people are actually stronger um, than, than the people that have the really hard outer shells, which is seems counterintuitive, but the people with the, the strong inner scaffolding have more of an awareness of, wow, I'm feeling this. Okay. I can see how that's related to, you know, emotional struggle. And maybe there is something I can do about shifting that state. So once people have the awareness that their emotional struggle is real and that this isn't their personality. A lot of people just tend to start relaxing and going, okay, maybe there's not something wrong with me. And I'm like, absolutely. There's nothing wrong with you. It's just, you've had all these experiences, things have happened to you um, in your life and really for you in your life. But that's another, another level of understanding that most people can't get to in the beginning. Right. And so when I, when I talk to people that are just stepping into this, I kind of have to stay in the victim mindset a little bit with them and sit with them in it for them to just accept their emotional turmoil and trial at that moment. And then as they're moving through the healing process, I can start to turn the mirror a little bit in perspective and say, okay, this is actually happening for you. And what a blessing. And you are actually a better person for these experiences happening. It's just getting to an understanding um, and level of healing that you can accept that is something that was positive, even though it was traumatic and hurtful in your life. But it's, it's tricky to get there for some people. Are there any emotions that people can be stuck in that they don't even know that they're there versus others? Right, exactly. And that's a really good question. Um, anger is a big one. Um, I think that I, I've seen it with people in my family, even, you know, when, when I've confronted them and said, Hey, you know, you really over, kind of overreacted to this or um, you acted this way in their incomplete denial. Uh, they don't understand. They're like, why, what are you talking about? I didn't overreact to that. You know, the, it's become so accustomed for them to have that reaction and, and they've taken it on as part of their personality and just saying, well, that's who I am. I would say the biggest one, the trickiest one uh, is kind of an interesting um, emotion or construct really in that's abandonment. That is probably the most complex um, emotional state 
or feeling that people experience and react to without even knowing, um, because it can manifest in so many different ways. I mean, anger can, you know, is usually either directed internally or it's directed externally, you know, abandonment. We usually weave a little bit more with that. There's a lot of logic that goes into it. There's all these different ways that people get abandoned. It's sometimes it's just emotional abandonment. You know, when you're a child, a parent doesn't pay attention to you, or it can be, you know, your apparent leaves when you're a teenager or, you know, you have a relationship that doesn't work and you feel abandoned or betrayed by it. So it's um, what, what happens in turn is that person starts to abandon other people as a protective mechanism and they don't even realize they're doing it sometimes. So that's the one that tends to creep up on people. I think the most that they don't even realize is really affecting them. So how does someone experience abandonment? Do they like feel isolation So at times they do. Yeah. They can feel isolation. A lot of people say no one understands me or nobody likes me, or I don't, I just don't fit in. Um, It can be that direction or they can become extremely needy and say, um, Oh, I, I need someone else to be okay. I need someone else to approve of me. And that's where the weak boundaries come in usually, and they get taken advantage of, they have all of these experiences and then people do abandon them because they either are overly needy and they're pulling on someone's energy. And the person's just like, I can't deal with this. I feel like I'm being smothered. And then they get abandoned and that occurs over and over again, Mm -hmm. or a person if they have a strong external structure, what they do is they just shut people out of their life. When the person gets too close, they get uncomfortable and they say, well, I'm going to abandon you first. You know, they don't consciously say that, but that's what happens over and over again is they'll find some reason that that person is out to get them or not working in their life or whatever it is. And they just shut the door. So it's kind of, there's multifaceted ways that that happens. Do you think extremely shy people are, usually suffering from abandonment? I think that some of them are. They're, sometimes it's self-worth. Sometimes it's abandonment. Um, sometimes it's, you know, energetic makeup has a lot to do with it too when you come to the planet. Mm-hmm. And then certain people have a propensity to go more into that space. I find that shy people, if they can get with uh, even one or two, to people that help them to um, explore their own internal world because shy people tend to have a very large internal world mm. that's very creative and usually they're writers or they're, they're creative types, right? And so that's one of those things that is um, if they can embrace that and start to bring that out into the world, it just really can shift their whole perspective on life. But abandonment is definitely one of the aspects of that sometimes. Can you give us some examples of techniques that you use for releasing emotions? Absolutely. So there are several different types of techniques in the book. Um, Got about 78 or 79 of them. And the basic one that works really well for people um, is that just simply envisioning emotions leaving your body. So what I ask people to do is if you're feeling anxiety or depression or whatever that is, it's kind of, I call it your go-to emotion. You know, um, when something happens, people tend to anger, you know, get anxiety or or be depressed or in this melancholy state. So I just say, okay, 
welcome up that emotion, say, I choose to release this emotion and anything that's that it's attached to. And you just imagine all of that leaving your energy system and you can use breathing techniques to actually help you, um, release that as well. Just some deep breaths, breathing in pure white light, breathing out that heavy energy. And that can also help to move that through. If envisioning, if you're not quite to the point of really feeling comfortable with envisioning yet, you can do that. Or sometimes you can just feel it leaving, but emotions are in layers and they're connected together. So that's why I say, and whatever it's attached to, because since it's this web, if you're feeling this ball of anxiety or this ball of depression or anger, whatever it is, it's connected to all of these other things. You're being triggered in all of these hot button places. So if you say in whatever it's attached to, it's going to start releasing on all of these different levels. And you're not going to have to dig deep really consciously. You're just going to do that work over time. If you just do that exercise over and over again, and sometimes it takes several minutes to, to get to a little bit different state. The more you do it though, the faster that happens. I'm glad you mentioned that because, you know, due to the state the world is in right now, everybody is going through a certain amount of anxiety. Some people are just, you know, experiencing panic attacks. Is that your best technique? And if not, what do you think your best technique is to get somebody out of a panic attack or an anxiety attack quickly? As far as that goes, um, usually people that are having those kinds of experiences are very ungrounded. Um, There's two basic types of people when you talk about grounded. They're either inherently grounded or they're inherently ungrounded. And then their experiences through life help perpetuate whatever state is their natural state. But you can take someone who is in an ungrounded state naturally and their propensity to be ungrounded and shift them to a grounded state over time, because it's just basically your energy system learning a different way of functioning. I did that for myself. Mm -hmm. So I know it can be done and I've seen it done with other clients, but one of the really basic things, if you're having an anxiety attack is to, you know, you want to take a couple of deep breaths and then envision roots coming out of the bottom of your feet and sinking deep into the ground. That's step one. So just envisioning that envisioning pushing your energy into the ground that usually stabilizes someone fairly quickly. And then the next step would be consciously breathing up through your roots that you're, that you've dug into the ground, just taking a very deep breath up and bringing that energy from the ground up into your body and blowing out the anxious energy and just doing that over and over. Um, when you learn that technique, you can start to actually pull color up through your roots when you work on envisioning. So if you're in a high state of anxiety, pulling up like a blue or a green, you know, up through your roots and into your body can help actually diffuse and stabilize that energy so that you can start to feel better quickly. I'm glad you brought up colors because in your book, you talk about how colors and emotions are related. Can you tell us more about that? Well, Emotions are uh, related to color in a few different ways. So whenever we see color, people can have different reactions to it. 
Um, for instance, years ago when I would see red, it was actually very comforting to me. It, it's something that I would feel stabilized me. Every house that I moved into, I would paint at least one wall red. And some days if I was having a really hard day, if I felt really low, if my confidence was, was very low or was feeling really sad, if I would stand in front of that wall, I would start to feel better, which at the time I really didn't understand what was going on. That was before my awakening. I just knew that I felt better if I stood in front of the red wall and just kind of looked at it for a while. Um, so, but someone else that has, um, has a good amount of red in their energy system can actually be angered by that color, or it can exacerbate their balance of red. So every single chakra in your energy system has a color. So a lot of times if we have a distress in our energy system, the color will actually be deficient in our energy system. Colors are kind of like energy vitamins. And so if there's a color that we don't have that we need in our energy system, wearing that color or um, kind of taking that color in in some way can actually help to rebalance our energy system if we're lacking that color. For instance, your throat chakra is blue. And if that is deficient, usually what happens, people can't speak up for themselves. Um, their voice is very weak. You know, they find themselves being very meek and shy, that kind of thing. And that's from experience over time and from traumas and, and different things. But if you start to wear a blue scarf, if you drink water out of a blue cup that's been sitting in a windowsill for a few minutes, you know, you can actually start to bring that energy and that color into your energy system. And it, it can actually help replenish your ability to speak up your and and help if you've got a, a sore throat a lot of times um i'll find you know if i have a little bit of a sore throat it's like oh, i've been speaking up lately mm, i need to talk to so and so about you know whatever the situation is you know and when i once i do that it will clear the energy because if you're holding on to that stuff it actually creates a block and it will it's like kinking a hose you know the energy can't come in and fill that space if you are blocking it energetically so I'm guessing from what you're saying is that you needed red. And so being in a red wall kind of recharged you. It did. It did very much recharge me. The red, red is the color of the root chakra. And for me, I had um, fundamental abandonment issues when I was very, very young. And so the root chakra is all about kind of our place on the planet, our self-worth, our confidence, all of that. And so over and over again in my life, that part of my energy system was kind of um, depleted and shut down over and over again. So when I would experience that red energy coming into my system, it will kind of boost that a little bit. And when I learned more about energy and more about how to clear traumas from my energy system, I really started focusing on clearing out my root chakra. And when I would, once I did that and brought that red energy in, it's gotten to the point now where that part of my energy system is very, very balanced. And I have more muted colors around me. I now a red wall would probably be too much for me in my life, which is actually a really, really good thing. It's not a bad thing. So over time, your energy system can actually learn to hold those colors and those energy uh, vitamins better as you release the trauma. Do you think that when a person says this color is my favorite color, like blue, green, red, they're deficient in that color? A lot of times that is the case. Yes. 
and it, it makes them feel better. It makes them feel good. Um, I, I haven't run across anyone that enjoyed a color that wasn't actually benefiting their energy system. Usually if it's not going to benefit their energy system, they don't like the color. Uh, for instance, I didn't like blue when I was younger at all. And, um, it, it actually was very depleting to me. Um, so that that's what I find with people is that if they're, if they shy away from a color that it's usually because they, um, it's not good for their energy system. So I guess you're saying you've never had any problems speaking up. Um, actually, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, <laughs> actually, that was one of my big things when I was younger. Uh, blue was, I, sep- I, I struggled with depression. And so color is kind of interesting. I have a color chart in the book that kind of explains what emotions work together. And sometimes it kind of crosses over to where it's, it's one of those interesting things where you kind of have to release certain emotions to work with certain colors. Um, but speaking up in some ways, I, I didn't have trouble speaking up in other ways I did. It just depended on what other emotions that hit. If, if it hit abandonment structures or if it hit self-worth structures, you know, I would struggle in those areas, but other areas I was very vocal and I, I was fine because I didn't have traumas that specifically affected that aspect of whatever it was that was going on. So it gets a little bit complicated and I don't go into that super in depth in the book because the book would have been 800 pages long <laughs> if I had tried to do that. But, um, giving the basics to people of understanding how things are connected was kind of, um, you know, just giving them the basics, I think was, is a really good start. So how does a person know what color they're deficient in? If it's what they're drawn to a lot of times that is, that's a really good way of of figuring that out. Um, for instance, you know, like I said, I was drawn to red, you know, so I was sufficient in red. It made you feel better. Whatever color you're drawn to and whatever color makes you feel better. If you tend to want to wear a certain color all the time, I go through spurts and I've had other clients go through spurts. Like I've been wearing purple all week, you know, well, a lot of times their uh, third eye chakra is clogged or they're trying to see their life. They're trying to see forward into their life or something's going on. They're trying to gain perspective into a situation. And so their energy system craves that color. It's kind of like when we crave certain foods, you know, um, if, if our gut biome is balanced and all of that, you know, we we're like, I really need a salad today, or I really need a steak today, or I need to drink more water. I feel it right in our system. And so we tend to kind of do that subconsciously throughout our lives. Are you still empathic? And if so, can you turn that off? So you stop picking up people? people's emotions or you just know how to handle it? I've kind of learned to turn it down. So most of the time I can turn down that, that dial kind of, um, there's situations where it's very difficult for me to do that. But over time I've developed energetic filters that really kind of help me discern and, and filter that energy through. So if I encounter the energy, I'm more aware of what's affecting me and how it's affecting me. And then I can process it through the, And the more I've released trauma and that congested energy that I was carrying around all of those years, the clearer it becomes as to where the energy is coming from and how to release it. So yes, I'm still empathic. Um, highly. So, um, when my world gets a little bit uh, upside down, it, it really affects me a lot. And I have to come back and restabilize. I do a lot of grounding, grounding exercises. I do a lot of deep breathing, uh, energy clearing, just because 
I'm very sensitive during those times. Like I just moved and my life's kind of upside down at the moment. So there's been a lot of that going on this week that I've, that I've done a lot of clearing and grounding exercises and I've had a lot of different energies coming in and out of my life. And so during those times, I'm just more conscious of that, uh, empathic ability I have and just giving myself time and space to have those experiences and not judge myself for them. I think that's a big thing that, that people, when they're in past, a lot of times they think something's wrong with them because they're having these experiences and that's not the case. And it doesn't mean they're weak. It means actually they're very strong because they wouldn't have that experience if they weren't a strong person. It just, but it can make you feel off kilter. So it's, it's definitely a process uh, that I've learned over the years, but yes, it does still affect me. This all happened about 15, 16 years ago? Yes. And you've kind of developed your own healing techniques and you've been helping people. What inspired you to put all this into a book? Well, I've been wanting to put a book together for quite some time, but I wasn't sure what to put together. And then last March, people were starting to talk about the, what they were experiencing um, outside of themselves in the world. People were very scared. They were getting depressed because they were isolated. They said, you know, I'm having all these emotions I don't know how to deal with. And so I put together this little thing and put it on my website and, you know, empath take back your power is, is how it started. And then I thought, well, I want to put this in there and I want to put that in there. And then all this stuff started coming to me and I went, oh, this is my book. Okay. So, um, then I started using, uh, stories and, and cases over the years that I've, that I've dealt with people and in my own life that, um, were related to emotional states, because that's what people can really grab onto and understand in a really deep way. And so that was the inspiration is just all the clients I've had over the years and then my own experiences, and then just bringing that together in a way that's actionable for people. So that was the whole idea behind the book is to help people understand their emotions better and learn how to work with and, um, and release those emotional states that are holding them back. That's great. Is your book already published? Is it out? Yes, it's on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. After watching this podcast, people may want to reach out to you and ask you questions. Are you up for that? And if so, how can they find you? So they can uh, email me at info at amandahainline.com or you can visit my website at amandahainline.com. And you can find more information there and they can email me, ask me questions um, if they have curious where to get the book or have any other thoughts, things they would like to see on the website. I'm always open to suggestions. I have a blog on there and um, I read a lot of my blogs from questions that I get from people. So I'm definitely open to that. All right. So you're still treating people or helping clients. You've got the book out. Do you have anything else going on that you want us to know about? Well, I have an upcoming membership that's going to be coming out, the Feel Better membership, in the next month or two. Uh, it's still in the works. And then I'm going to start doing courses based on the book. The first one's called The Confidence Reset. And that's going to be out in December, January. And then I'm planning on starting a podcast next year at some point, just depending on kind of how things go. Uh 
with, with my life and everything that's going on, but it's a lot of projects. And then I'm doing a physical products company as well. So a lot of exciting things happening. I'm glad you mentioned that. Are there any physical products that we can use that you think can help us with our emotional state? Well, the book does mention some physical products because a lot of times people like to incorporate that um, into their self-care. It's a really good bridge for people. So a simple recipe of a salt bath, two cups of Epsom salt, two cups of baking soda, soak in it for 15 to 20 minutes. That's a really simple thing that you can do to actually help clear out energy, negative energy after you do energy work, or if you're just feeling really drained, if you've been around someone negative, that kind of thing, it's really good, good thing to do. Lighting a candle when you're doing energy work and setting the intention for the negative energy to go into the candle and be burned up. Those are a couple of things. And then there's some essential oils mentioned in the book and and that sort of thing that, um, that people can use to kind of help their emotional states along as they're starting to work on, on clearing their emotions and getting to a better place. Do you have any favorites that you actually use? I love sandalwood. Sandalwood is my absolute favorite um, incense and it's my favorite oil. I, I love it. It's very grounding. It's very soothing to me. Um, so that's, that's my favorite and that's my go-to if I'm feeling a little anxiety or just feeling a little bit off. That's, that's one that I use all the time. You mentioned that you grew up Southern Baptist. Where are you now in regards to religion? I don't practice religion necessarily. Um, I'm just kind of more my own spiritual track. Um, I, you know, I still, I talk to God and Jesus and all of that, because that's my, my fundamentals. But when I went through my awakening, really the process I went through was undoing a lot of the dogmatic thought process that was ingrained in me really, really deeply. That was actually, I found for myself personally, holding me back um, and keeping me in a negative place. So as I released that and started to have these understandings that my guides and angels were bringing to me, it made it a lot easier for me to accept who I was as a person. Um, And so now it's just more of a spiritual track and kind of my day-to-day um, helping people really more centered around why I'm here on the planet, keeping my energy system clear. Cause now I have the understanding that that's just part of who I am as a person. Um, it's not something separate from myself. It's just something that needs to be taken care of just like my diet or exercise. It's equally important, if not more so. So that's kind of my, if you want to call that my religion, <laughs> that's probably, that's probably what I would say. Yeah, that's it. All right, Amanda. Well, before we finish this up, can you give us one last positive message? My message to everyone would be, you're not your emotional states. You are an amazing eternal being that have had experiences that have affected you. Don't let those weigh you down. When you start working on your energy and you start expanding back out into who you truly are, your potential increases tenfold in your life. And it's a journey. And some days you're going to feel worse than other days. But if you just keep at it and keep working on it, you can really get to this amazing place in your life and things will start working for you. Thank you for that, Amanda. And thank you so much again for being my guest. I really appreciate you. I wish you massive success with your book, your courses, and whatever else you're involved with. Thank you so much. I loved being here and chatting with you. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you. You too.